This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We're unpacking the state of our education system in the country with various role players. This, of course, as the matric results came out today. Uh, and you heard uh, some of those percentages so far. The 2022 um, matrics have recorded an overall pass rate of, yeah, though the IEB was at 98.42%. The pass rate is slightly higher compared to 2021, which was, of course, 98.39. Several disruptions have occurred, including backlog or lockdowns, uh, r- r- rationale, attendance, riots, floods, and the most, of course, Uh, that we've seen in recent days, load shedding in South Africa. So how much of an impact have all of that had? What's the kind of scenario? What's the playground? Uh, What's the the sort of uh, um, uh, position around education in this particular particular point of time? What are the the, the green shoots? Where are we uh, struggling? What are we doing well? All of those things. Let's go to Saliki Klabane, of course. He is the chief director of... For maths, listen to that, Chief Director, Maths and Science and Technology at, of course, the DBE, the Department of Basic Education. Saliki, welcome to Power 98.7. Thank you so much, Denzel, um, and thank you for having us on your show. How are you, man? And, 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 and has it been a, has it been a, a, a well, you know what, I'm sure, I mean, I mean the, the number was mentioned to us today, but of course, people in the DBE would have known the number and known the stats and known some of these things a little beforehand. When did you all guys start rejoicing? When did, when, when did you know that you had a good story to tell, as Jacob Zuma would say? What, what, what I can uh, say, Denzel, is that uh, contrary to the belief that um, uh, the, the entire staff at the Department of Basic Education knew the results, mm. um, th- these are closely guarded um, uh, <laughs> data mm. um, uh, held in very secure environments and uh, only, only those who are handling the numbers would would have known, mm. um, and uh, they, they signed nine disclosure uh, uh, forms and agreements mm. uh, to say they, they would never disclose uh, because they are having access to privileged information. Sure. So um, we just had with everybody else when the minister announced. Okay, uh, which, is, which maybe is a good thing, which maybe is a good thing, you know, um, because then we can, we can talk to the numbers. Let me start with you as the Chief Director for Math, Science and Technology at the DBE, right? Um, I, I, I heard the issue around maths and science, but I also heard the, the issue around accounting, business studies and economics. And, yeah. and, and of course, that was, that was earmarked as one of, of the, the serious concerns, people not enrolling because ultimately out of that you get chartered accountants, right? And, and, and one, of the, one of the concerns was people not, not beginning to take up those particular subjects, accounting, business studies, and economics. Let's, let's combine that with math, science, and technology. Um, the, the story is not too good a story around those particular aspects. So, so talk, to, talk to us around that, what government has been doing, what the education department has been doing to try to get people into those spaces, but also why, why we're not succeeding in getting people into those, into those spaces. Um, yeah, the, the first thing that I would like to, to say regarding um, the subjects that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, med science, 
business studies, uh, accounting. Mm. Um, These are subjects that are perceived uh, to be difficult subjects. Mm. And um, the general population uh, may uh, vie away from these subjects. But Mm. uh, we we as a department, uh, right from national into the provinces, the districts, and the schools. Mm. Um, we, we work with parents to try to show them that uh, these subjects are doable. It, mm. is, it is possible uh, to do well in, in, in these subjects. Mm. Uh, they, they can be taught and they can be understood and they can uh, be passed. And this mm. is also demonstrated by some of our top learners mm. who come from some of our very impoverished communities, mm. who come from poor schools, what you call quintal one schools we yeah. we we categorize our schools according to what you call the economic classifications the very poor schools uh, are, are classified as quintal one and the ones that are relatively well resourced mm. uh would be quintal five mm. and mm. we we see children coming from quintal one schools doing exceptionally well mm. uh, and being some of the top learners in the country the minister just had a breakfast with uh, these uh, top learners coming from all quintiles mm. and um, the contribution that is made by uh, the quintile one, two and three is amazing when it comes to the number of passes in these subjects mm. as well as in terms of uh, bachelors. Mm. So we need the entire society um, to mobilize learners around these subjects and to show them the opportunities that they will possess mm. once they offer these subjects. Because in terms of economic participation, we need, we need people who have studied this subject uh, to be able to pursue certain programs post-schooling, which are going to uh, provide them with livelihood that is much better than uh, if they did not do uh, this subject. Mm. So the fear of the subject uh, is one of the contributing factors. Mm-hmm. But you also need to understand the history of our country. Mm-hmm. That um, the, in terms of resourcing of schools, historically, uh, schools were not resourced uh, equally. Mm-hmm. And uh, the subjects that we are talking about, uh, they require some resources for them to be taught. Mm-hmm. And uh, this government has done very well in terms of trying to push back Uh, the lack of resources in the schools. But you would agree with me that without really hanging on to the apartheid and its effect, Mm. that uh, the effects of a system which was 300 years old, that cannot be reversed uh, within 26 years, Mm. it it will take us uh, much longer for us to do that. But we are registering progress, and uh, the progress is um, uh, reflected in the type of results uh, that, that, that we see. Mm. Yes, uh, for this cohort, we have seen a drop uh, in accounting, uh, in, in business studies, in mathematics, mm. but we have seen an improvement in physical science and uh, technical mathematics, mm. uh, technical sciences. We have seen improvement in a number of these gateway subjects, agricultural sciences. Mm. We have seen improvements. Sure, sure. Do we, do we share, let me ask you this question, do we share a common understanding of what quality education is? We, we're talking now, I, I raise it because you brought in the whole thing of 300 years and in 26 years and whatever it is. 
is there is there amongst educators amongst pe- ed, you know people who who talk education a shared and common understanding of what quality the term quality education is i mean we 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 have all of the stats you know they look good but 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 is there is there this conversation happening about what a quality converse, quality education is because you know as we do have the numbers and people are celebrating the 80% and you know people are saying last year it would have been 76 and this particular year it's 80 and this is the class that would have gone through the most and then you have other people who will phone in or talk to you and suggest anywhere else and write and and put it to you that you know the, we we because we don't have this common understanding of what a quality education is there li- there lies sometimes the problem because of you know the pass rate the requirement of that pass rate and other things so so w- from the education department w- where are we in this in this debate around quality education um th- there there is an agreement on, on what uh, quality education is from from numbers point of view. Um, for instance, we we would measure the number of learners who get distinctions mm. in, in 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 various subjects. There is one indicator that we use for for quality. We would also calculate the number of learners who achieve 60% and above, 50% and above, and uh, this would be indicators of quality would mm. measure the number of learners who manage to gain entry into universities what we call those who get bachelors because mm. universities have already predetermined what quality would look like for learners who come out of the schooling system mm. who must get into universities they say you must have distinctions in this you must have 60 percent and above in this you must mm. you must have university entrance so from numbers point of view, mm. there is an agreement on what quality is. Mm. Um, that's, however, that's the numbers. You are correct. Th- those are the numbers, right? Yes, you and, are and, correct. And, yeah, yeah, you you are correct um, when you say um, there, there might not necessarily be a general agreement on what constitutes quality mm. in terms of the output of the learner, what competencies, what skills. Mm. What knowledge should this child uh, have and be able to, uh, to, 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 to demonstrate? And uh, um, education systems across the world mm. uh, do determine these competencies that a child must be able to possess the following skills, must be a critical thinker, mm. uh, must, must be a team player, a collaborator, uh, demonstrating what you call the 21st century skills. Mm. And a child who does not emerge with this type of skills mm. um, will not be perceived to be educated. Uh, that it must not just mm. be about distinctions. It mm. must not just be about bachelors. Mm. It must be what, what knowledge, what, what competencies, what mm. skills mm. can a child who possesses this certificate demonstrate uh, in society? Mm. So those qualities, they, they are there and agreed upon globally what a critical thinker is, sure. what, a, what a collaborator is. Mm. So those are predetermined by, by researchers and uh, thought leaders, including industry that is going to absorb this 
um, mm. uh, learners, once they get qualified, you say, once you come out of your schooling or post-schooling mm. studies, there are certain things that the employer looks for that you must, and that are over and above your grades, mm. over and above your distinction. Mm. In as much as you show me a distinction, what else sure. do you have? And, 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 and I raise that point because there's always the argument of, you know, the bar being so low, the 30%, 40% argument and saying well if the bar is that low then you know the 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 chances that you're going to have like you say um you know quality education can be can be looked at in the numbers if 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 you take those people's argument into consideration, then, of course, you're going to have a higher number of distinctions. You're going to be having a huge number of 60% and above, and you're going to be having those entries of universities increased anyway. So what do you make of, of uh, people who will throw you know, that particular aspect at you and say, yeah, but you know what, when, when the bar is that low at 30 and 40 percent to begin to get these numbers we're not asking much of of the people we're educating what what do you what do you make of that argument because that argument's been around for a while now and still persists um yeah we we are a democracy in south africa and um the people who are raising that view have a right to raise it mm. and um we we welcome that but uh, we would like to educate the nation that it is not about the 30% or the 40% mm. or the 50%. And if people argue about the 30%, if, if you carefully listen to the presentation mm. uh, of the results by the minister, the mm. minister reported that um, we I listened. I listened to both. I listened to the DG yeah. and I listened to the minister. And, and you listen to, to the minister as well. Yeah. yeah, that the number of learners who are getting 50% and above are increasing all the time. Mm. So to address the concern that people are talking about when they talk about 30%, mm. but from education point of view, it is not about 30% or 40% mm. or 50%. There are what we call difficulty levels. Um, that are specified in the curriculum and what we call cognitive levels mm. for every subject. And these are specified and these are what you call the demand levels for the content that must be delivered and taught mm. to learners. So these cognitive levels as well as difficulty levels, if, if you lower them, mm. even if your pass rate in a subject is 60%, and you say, no, no child passes un unless they get 60%. Mm. But you lower the quality of your assessment. You lower the quality and the demands of the curriculum. Mm. Uh, children can achieve that 60%. And you will be excited that children are achieving 60% when in actual fact are achieving 60% of the below standard curriculum of below standard assessments. Mm. But if, 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 even if it's 30% pass, but your assessment levels and the difficulty levels are comparable internationally with what the British, with what the Kenyans, with the Zimbabweans and the Japanese are assessing their levels on them. That is why we are South Africa. We allow ourselves to participate in international benchmark assessments like TIMS, like SACMEC, 
where leading countries participate because we want to benchmark ourselves with the best in the world. Mm. So it is not about 30%, mm. but it is about how difficult are our assessments, the cognitive levels that are well-defined, that are very high, and that accommodate all learners whether they are high achievers or low achievers, mm. the difficulty levels within the cognitive bands that are communicated. Sure, sure. So it will be important for people to understand that mm. we can agree as a nation that let us raise this pass rate from 30 to 70. And then from there, our assessments, we lower the assessments, we lower the demands of the curriculum. It will not take us anywhere. Let's go to Fumani in Pretoria. Fumani? Fumani? Ah, oh, Fumani, as, as I bring Fumani into the conversation, uh, Fumani is gone. Uh, Saliki, let me, let me ask you about uh, a, a good news story. I've, there's, there's a particular story about learners on social grants. And, and you know, as I was listening to, to the DG as well and, and, all, and all the numbers, and, and there's a lot of things that we can talk about. For example, the high, high failure rate and the repetitive rate is, you know, one of the concern, the automatic progression are things to, to look at, subject choices and, and what's, what, what, what needs to be done around those, the dropout rate, uh, you know, COVID and what COVID did in, in grade 10 and 11. But, but, but right at the end, there's the story about learners on social grants and the improvement across the board in that particular space. That's, that's really, really a good news story to show that, you know, if you do, if you do assist and if you do help and if you do, you know, um, uh, get people, um, you know, to a level whereby they do go to school instead of just dropping out, they will succeed. Exactly, exactly. Um, and one thing that we need to agree and understand as South Africa is that we are a very unequal society. And uh, this government um, cares for the poor, the poor. Um, children who depend on grants and are encouraged not to drop out of school and remain in school while they are getting their grants. Um, this department is providing meals to over 8 million children. This government is giving stationery and textbooks for free to children. We've got 80% of our schools being no fee-paying school. Mm. Now, it shows that um, a child who comes out of a shack, properly supported, a child mm. whose parents are not working and he is completely dependent on the state, mm. One supported, such a child can perform as well mm. as another child who comes from um, a middle-income family like myself and yourself, mm. Mm. Who, whose parents, though we are not rich, we can be able to provide for these children. Mm. But children who come from very uh, impoverished communities, uh, and, and when they're created opportunities and they're supported, they demonstrate that they can do it. Your analysis and observation is very accurate mm. to say we, we and, and like the minister uh, was saying and the CEO of MTN, that education is an equalizer. Mm. This child who comes from a shack, who has five distinctions because he was supported or she was supported, um, and continue to receive their grant while mm. they were going through school. Today, this child can go to university. Absolutely. And we are working on getting these children being put on NSFAS, 
once they get to university so that the support they received when they were during when they were in their schooling days mm. they must not lose this support once they go to university sure so let, and let we me, want to mm. plead we want to plead with south africans those who don't qualify for nsfas mm. that they must not take this money that siliki kabani would register his children through his parents who are pensioners so that he can access these monies and sure. closing the doors on people who deserve Saliki. i wish mm. that we could have a conscience and allow these children to go to university allow these children to go to tvet colleges so that they can com- complete their studies with the support from government um for money let me take for money in pretoria for money hi how are you denzel i'm good for money man Hey, I've been waiting for almost an hour. Nah, Fumani, Fumani, Fumani. <laughs> no, you know what, Fumani? I, I, I wanted to cross to you about 10 minutes ago, and then you just blank, you went off the screen. But you're here now, Fumani. Yes, I'm here. I wanted to say, to help, you know, parents like myself. Sure. Oh, my daughter was in Madrid yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, last year. Sure. Uh, to say, uh, public school and IECs are not the same. Yeah. So... We should celebrate 80%. Yeah. This 80% is a great achievement as compared to 98% of, you know, is, a curriculum which is set yeah. by, the public, by, by, the, by the private schools. Yeah. They set their own exams and they can manage it. I'll tell you why I'm saying this, yeah. Denzel. Yeah. Today I was talking to my sister-in-law, yeah. who said to me, a daughter at primary, she was at a, a private school, mm. but... She crossed to a public school in high school. Mm. She was not coping at all, at Mm. all, Mm. at all. Public school is difficult. I'm telling you the truth. I'm saying this as a person who worked in the Department of Education for 25 years. Public school is difficult. So those those IEC don't even waste your time by even celebrating it. They see their own exam, give them scope. They know what to write. Also. That's why they struggle mm. when they go to public. Oh, for money, that line is really, really bad for money. I'm going to leave it there for money, but you've made your point. Seki in Mamalori. Seki? I only Mr. I'm, I'm good, bro. How are you, Seki? I'm very good. Daniel. Sure, man. Congratulations to, congratulations to the 2022 metric. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. and, and they've done well, and they've done well considering, man. Yeah, they've done very well. Yeah. 80% is not a playground. Absolutely. So, but I, I have a different question. Mr. No, no problem, bro. You know, I've got my sister's child. Ne? Your sister's child? Great, yeah, my sister's child was doing a grade 8. Yeah. For past three years. So he failed that standard 8 for two times. This okay. year, he's supposed to do that grade eight for that time yeah so i don't know because i have some information that says if the, a child should not stay in a certain uh phase of uh, whatever education system mm. i don't know it actually so i don't know what should i do in this situation because the there's, there's also out- the, the issue of automatic progression Yes, I don't Siki, understand how does it work. Siki, let's 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 go back to Seliki just to particularly just listen to that. So stay on the line, uh, okay. Seki, and then let's let's listen. Uh, Seliki, somebody who's failed grade eight twice already, failed it now for the third 
for the uh, would now go back for for the for the third particular time. Um, when when does when does automatic progression come in or not? Let's let's start with Seki. Thank you, Denzel. Um, uh, Seki is correct. Mm. Um, There's a policy that says um, a a child cannot fail a grade uh, more than uh, once. In Mm. fact, a a child is only, according to policy, a Mm. child is only, uh, for for lack of better word, allowed Mm. to fail only once in a phase. Um, now we've got four phases. Mm. Uh, the first phase is what we call the foundation phase, which is grade R uh, to grade 3. Mm. Um, the second phase is the intermediate phase, which is grade 4 to grade 6, mm. to grade 7. Mm. Uh, no, to grade 6. And then the senior phase is grade 7 to grade 9. Mm. And then we've got the FET phase, which is grade uh, 10 to grade 12. Mm. So a child cannot fail twice within a phase. So what Seki needs to do is to go to either the second office mm. or, or the district office, whichever mm. is nearer to you. Mm. Um, if you are not finding joy with the school, if the school is not uh, heeding to your um, uh, complaint, mm. then take it to the second office or to the district office. Um, they should be able to help you. They know the policy, mm. and that child must, as you say, automatically be progressed um, to, um, to to the next grade. Um, because the highest or the, the age that the child can be, at the oldest age, mm. that the child should be in the system if progressed properly mm. is 21 years old. Mm. A child cannot be more than 21 years old and still be uh, in the in the system, um, unless they had left school and they came back and they want to continue. Mm-hmm. Sure. But a child who has never left school uh, has been in the schooling system um, should not hit the age of 22 and are still here. So I, I advise him to go to the second office, uh, to the district office. You are correct, Seki. The child needs to be progressed to the next grade. Seki, that's it. Saliki Tabani, I have to say thank you so much, sir, for, for, for being our guest here on Power Perspective tonight. Denzel, thank you very much. Um, we will not be able to speak to South Africans without you as the media, and we truly appreciate every opportunity you give us uh, to speak to um, uh, South Africans. Selik- thank you for driving and having huge interest in education. We truly appreciate it. Saliki Tlabani, thank you so much. Chief Director for Math, Science and Technology at the DB. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.